Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the only podcast where experimental surgery is mandatory for Tales from the Crypt. I'm Thomas Johnston, and crammed here right close next to me is my dear sibling, Mary Johnston. Hello, Thomas. Um, I would like to start this out of the show with a recommendation. Sure, sure. I always always good for that. Uh, do you have some toothpaste or a or a hard seltzer beverage you'd like to hawk to the mattresses? No, they're not paying <laughs> feel, us. Oh, man. Don't buy also, their mattresses until they're paying. Us. <laughs> um, AKA also, sending also, us free many, mattresses. Also, I think just because Casper mattress is funny, but also with the horror tie-in and podcasts I listen to, I, I feel like lately I've heard a lot of funny Casper mattress. The only mattresses that are made of ghosts. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. The only mattresses that are 100% made of spirits. Um, 100% no. cruelty-free to ghosts. No, no, no. This is there. I'm not. I'm not getting one red cent from this. Uh, from this particular suggestion. Or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> what's the word I don't know. Whatever. You're not. You're not getting paid for this plug. Recommendation plug. I'm not getting <laughs> one red cent from this plug. I just like it and think it's good. <laughs> Um, it's a genuine recommendation. I do you not plug, making it Give up. me a red cent. Sounds like a sounds like a twenties gangster. Now see here. No, Tony here is going to tune you up with his meat hooks. My way. I'm not getting any moolah. Um, <laughs> there's no payola happening here. There's no payola. Uh, I am the gravy train has run dry. I'm just suggesting this. Um, it is the horror anthology series for children on Netflix called creeped out it is so good it's so it is a canadian and british <laughs> enterprise so every other episode is either set in with canadian actors or british actors and there are episodes that are genuinely creepy there are a lot of episodes that are just kind of fun and silly um mm-hmm. but all of them have old man morals like, it'll be like, your parents can sometimes be embarrassing, but there are worse things. Or it'll be like, or it'll be like, should have read the terms and conditions of that, that newfangled app you're always looking at. Oh, man. Really? How, uh, I, I, how recent like, how it? contemporary is the show? Uh, yeah. Last couple of years. I get you. Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. Um, so it's but like, I... you kids in your Fortnite dancing, maybe you should look where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, don't Fortnite street. dance unless you tie your shoes. Like, there's some, yeah. but it's definitely made for teenagers, but or like tweens, oh. I would say. I would say tweens. Sure, sure, sure. Um, sure. It's, but it's very good. And the first season does not prepare you for how scary the first two episodes of the second season are going to be. Oh, interesting, interesting. Does it, do they... Um, is, where is the show set? Do they alternate? I mean, are you hearing some that are like it is hip, a sh- hip governor and other ones that are like wheels on Terrier? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there are definitely ones where they're like, they're like, we're on the Prince Edward Islands and we're in a military academy. Like there is that. And then there's also there's also like like Cockney rhyming slang, little ur- street <laughs> urchins. <laughs> I would like to pretend. I, I, I think the first one seems very. Yeah. <laughs> Have a butcher's at this. Yeah. But you know it's a shared universe because there are a couple little uh, Easter eggs that appear every couple episodes. Um, sure, sure. One of them is a pizza place that has the, like, a, it's called, like, Zuko's or something. They talk about Zuko's a lot in many episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing is presided over by a Crypt Keeper-esque figure called The Curious, who is just, um, kind of looks like Beryl from, uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Oh wait, is he is he like a He's a child like wearing a, a mask, wearing a, 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 a like a round sort of uh a does, simplistic does a, featured mask. Does he have a crazy voice or is he like no, or is he it doesn't like talk. or is he like Oh, we oh cre- <laughs> He doesn't talk. <laughs> that, is the creep- that is the creepiest choice. That's they the creepiest made. choice. The curious is for the first couple episodes, probably the most disturbing thing. And the, in the first couple episodes, there is a whole ventriloquist dummy up like element. In my village, ventriloquist dummies are a sign of death. In their village, uh, ventriloquist dummies are performing for children and their names are Mr. Black Teeth. Mm. Mm. Sinister. There's a whole really good episode about how, like, when you're a babysitter, it's not a good idea to be a total dick because a <laughs> demon named uh, Kindlesticks will come and torment you. <laughs> Kindlesticks? Kindlesticks. But even Kindlefire Sticks will come. That's right. Will come and subscribe you for Acorn streaming <laughs> services. Exactly. You'll ne- you will You will be paying them $2 a month forever. Exactly. <laughs> They'll be like, there's more Father Brown mysteries for you to watch. <laughs> and the kid will be like, hooray. Um, Kittlesticks, be gone. Yeah. But there's a Mrs. Marple special. Mrs. Fisher. <laughs> um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So watch so Creeped Out. It's very good. I'm hoping it's going to come back out. for a season three. It is not confirmed yet. So, yeah. All right. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle middle with with you. you. Okay, so as you can maybe tell from the song we sang, this is a hackneyed episode about uh, conjoined twins. Who, who among who were the uh, the masterminds, the director and the writer behind this uh, this piece of delicate media about a delicate subject? Well, it's Peter S. Seaman. And Jeffrey Prince. <laughs> a name a name that will never not be funny. Yep. And Jeffrey Prince. These are so Jeffrey Prince did not direct this, but he and Seaman are uh write a writing duo. They're more this is their only directing credit, actually. This is only Seaman's di- only directing credit. But I'm talking it's a about Prince and Seaman picture. Bring the- Prince and Seaman. But I'm gonna talk the about them together. Seaman. Because otherwise, it's just like it's just like uh, samesies. They're they're like yeah, twins. You're, in this like, you're like Peter S. Seaman. Here's all the information about him and Jeffrey Prince. He's here as well. Yeah. <laughs> all the same. I'm here too. Um, yeah, yeah. They're mostly known for their screenwriting, and they've written some pretty good things. Uh, they wrote Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They uh-huh. wrote uh, the Tales from the Crypt episode for Crying Out Loud, which we pretty much mm-hmm. liked. They yeah. wrote Wild Wild West. <laughs> And then they also wrote <laughs> whose the, idea? Whose idea was that giant penis machine? That's what I want to know. That machine will forever baffle me. I don't understand what that is for. Um, it's it's just too big, or maybe like the scale changes dramatically. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then the uh, live action, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So they've written one or two really nice things and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. some things and that some are other not things so you've nice. seen. So Timothy Stack is in this. We know him as uh, as Lampy. He is the voice of Lampy. <laughs> he is one of the conjoined twins, the good conjoined twin named Frank. We also mm-hmm. have uh, Jonathan uh, Stark. Which for a minute, because they're only one letter apart, I was like, wait, are they actual brothers? No. <laughs> they're not. I was like, I was like, am I taking in crazy pills? No. Even they're two brothers. That would have made sense. The brothers. It, yeah. it would have made sense to cast brothers in this role. Instead, they just chose to cast people who like are only like- similar in that they are roughly the same height and both white men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it's kinda I mean I, th- that <laughs> The the lack of good match between the actors is not the problem. The episode. You're not like, oh, man, I was in it until I saw that they weren't clearly not identical twins. That did bother me, though, um, because yeah. like that would have not been hard to do. So uh, Jonathan uh, Stark is Eddie, the bad twin. Um, mm-hmm. He has a uh, a fairly important role in the classic uh, movie Fright Night. Uh, which I enjoy quite a bit, the old the oh. old eighties one. Yeah. Um, and then I remember where he is. Yeah, and so this is actually weirdly enough, sort of at the end of his acting career. He did a lot of things uh. when he was really really young, um, and then he did this, and then he went on to be a producer. And the funniest thing that I found that he produces produced was fourteen episodes of the hit television series Ellen. <laughs> That's um, not right. I, I thought. I thought I was, when you were saying this, I was like, "Oh, that tracks." He uses all the creepy sex harassment energy he has in this episode to just become his real life. But then, I, I bet if you're producing Ellen, you're relatively woke for the time. I don't know, man. Maybe, but he. I mean, you he don't just, think Ellen's like produced, I'm Ellen, and I won't stand for that. Not on my set. And, and I know this is the before she's super season famous. Of Ellen. All of his okay. things are in the first seasons. Um, I'm, I'm going to be real, real with you. Never watched Ellen. I have seen the most important episode of Ellen, and that is it. But he just did, he just, like, did a bunch of sitcoms. Like, I think he I did, yeah, yeah. He's, he did, he's, like, he's doing uh, a, lot of TV he did, like, a bunch stuff, of yeah. those, like, meatball-esque dudes living in the burbs of, like, New Jersey-esque kind of shows. Are you saying that he produced King of Queens? <laughs> he did not produce King of Queens. Did he produce that episode of King of Queens where Patton Oswalt just doesn't move when he's in the background of the scene? <laughs> no, I don't know about that. No, he produced uh, quite a few episodes of Life According to Jim. <laughs> oh man! So yeah. it's kind of wait, kinda wait, hold on, hold on. Is it that one that one sitcom where there's like a schlubby guy with a relatively young, attractive wife? That's and what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he did a, he did a lot of second pressing of the olives uh, sitcoms, is how I would describe it. <laughs> so those guys are fine, but the really interesting person in this is Jessica Harper as Marie. Uh, the love interest for Frank, who Eddie, come to find out, hires. And she is a cult movie powerhouse. She is Susie, the ingenue in Suspiria, and also has a new role in the newer Suspiria that's on Amazon. Um, She is Janet in the equal, not sequel, not prequel, but equal to Mm -hmm. Rocky Horror Picture Show called Shock Treatment, which I would argue is a much better movie, actually, um, despite having almost none of the uh, things that would make the first one memorable, a.k.a. Tim Curry. Um, (laughs) The things which we mean 
the body of Tim Curry. The body of Tim Curry and the dulcet tones of Meatloaf. Although the songs are good in Shock Treatment. Um, and uh, Phoenix in The Phantom of the Paradise, which is a wonderful, weird horror movie. I haven't seen that one. Oh, yeah, I'll check, check it out. Um, she's she's also a true renaissance woman um in addition to acting she's also a celebrated singer composer painter and author um and she is credited uh in circles that know such things as the first quote-unquote serious american actress to do a truly explicit sex scene uh for film she was in a (laughs) X-rated art film called Inserts as a one Kathy Cake. Oh man! So I that that is like more legit. But I'm reminded of uh, remember in Corman's Calamity, <laughs> this actress has played more lady cops than anyone else yeah, ever. Yeah, for real. No, no, no. I mean, and when you read about what this is, no, it's a uh, it's like about it's like about a guy making um, pornography during the uh, silent film era. So uh-huh. you can understand. And when you look at like, I, I, I looked at the other people who are in this. It's it's all legitimate, legitimate actors. Like it stars uh, Richard Dreyfus as the boy Wonder and Bob Hoskins <laughs> as Big Mac. So, OK, that's it. That's the only people I want to talk about. <laughs> all right. Get your bingo cards ready, kids. This is really kind of a three hander. Mostly just three. <laughs> Mostly just three people and a very memorable <laughs> dominatrix. So I'll, I'll, let me let me let me lay this out for the for the kids at home. Frank and Eddie are conjoined twins with very different personalities. One is a boorish drunk, and the other is a fussy intellectual. It's basically Fraser if Martin and Fraser had to share a su- blood supply rather than just an apartment. <laughs> Marie is a Mary and the Librarian type who complicates their arrangement: lies, betrayal, experimental surgery, overdoses, and a cleaver to the back ensue. I want to beat you to the punch here and say, holy Moses, did this episode stink. (laughs) I don't think I hated it as much as you did, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, Yeah, it's not. It's not good. (laughs) I thought so. I don't think it's like if Frazier and uh, and Niles were attached to the head. I thought Martin. Martin. No, I don't think that. I think it's like if Frazier was attached because I don't think Martin's enough of a of an alcoholic. I think that would be like if a Fraser was attached to um, his back on Cheers was attached uh, to Norm at the hip. Oh, what's the, yeah? Or what's the name of the um? Who's the the, the other guy at the radio station? No, no, it's like Wildcat or Bobcat or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that guy who's always trying to get up on Roz and like Fraser's always like, oh, a peasant. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a very good call, uh, Bob Briscoe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I just wanted to cram some some Fraser here. Bulldog, Bulldog Briscoe, Bulldog, Bulldog. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was an animal with yeah. a bee. No, no, but um, hole. <laughs> I just, I just want, I, I just kind of actually want. Uh, wait, which one's the bad twin? I just want Eddie to keep being like, I just don't feel welcome here attached to you. <laughs> I just never felt welcome in our this apartment we share when we're wearing matching PJs. I did like that scene where they wore the matching While we PJs pee in our super... double-barreled toilet. Ugh. Um, yeah. I mean, like, what is the, what's the, I mean, I, I've also, I basically, this is so light on, I think, morality that I've basically used this as, like, a catch hold for, like, a bunch of things I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, I- yeah, I, I have three funny. Uh, I have three funny morals. All right, that's what yeah. I do when there isn't really one. Yeah. 
Um, the first one is you can't pick your family, which probably is like kind of the real moral a little bit, I guess. And then double barrel toilets rule. <laughs> and then working girls always get it in the back, yeah. which is which like you can't even really laugh about because like it's it. it That's so true. It is true in the show and also in real life. I thought it was so going on the you can't pick your family. I think it's also sort of like you can't count on your family to take care of you forever. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Which is a dark moral. Um, But uh, here are some here are some things that I wanted to talk about. Sure. So Eddie is very sure that if if uh, capital punishment rains down on them, they're going to stick him in the gas chamber. What a weird choice, no? Not uh, lethal yeah. injection, not an electric chair, a gas chamber. Do you think it's a capacity issue? <laughs> no, I mean, like, <laughs> and what, here's I'm, the thing. I'm um, serious. Like, we, do, we do, we do forget, though, like, no one will be a buy. We can stick these two dudes in one electric chair. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do. I would submit, though, that the gas chamber was still being used, like, for 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 capital punishment for this time. Um, what's it called? I can't remember the. I looked it up, but this the, time the it was movie. only used in, like, three states. It's insane. But, like, but what around this time, though, that body swapping uh, movie, I can't remember what it's called, with the demon that jumps through bodies, has an awesome and terrible gas chamber scene in it. Uh, the demon it, you know, that jumps of, through bodies. Yeah, we talked about the body snatching episode. It's, a, it's an otherwise kind of forgettable thing with Denzel Washington in it. Um, huh. Gas chambers. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah. I thought also, that, that was a weird thing, especially actually, considering I wonder, you I wonder, know Tales from the Crypt has a great electric chair just ready in true, the wings. True, true, I guess they just be like, they can't give me the chair. They can't give me the chair, Frank. They have to Our give us the, is too have big to, to us, fit in it. <laughs> they have to give us the love seat. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. The electric, yeah. Um... I thought but that yeah. the actor who played Eddie, who I'm sure is a wonderful, fine person, um, just and just producing Ellen, great, wonderful, good for him, <laughs> um, looked at quite a bit like Scott Walker, which I'll admit added to oh, my enjoyment of this of this episode, watching him get wheeled away to be murdered. Well, that's what I kind of thought. I kind of thought that he looked, uh, especially when he remember when he like doesn't shave and smells like compost when they have to go to the symphony. Um, I kind of thought he looked a little bit like Tom Cruise when he goes off the rails <laughs> or a little bit like um, Ben Wyatt from Parks and Recreation. Mm. He's got some of that energy. He also is, I think, the best part of it. I think Eddie is the best part Eddie's of Eddie's performance, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my final thing was, of course... So of course, one of the one of the things that people care about things with conjoined twins is how are they attached to each other? And of course, mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt would pick a butt attachment. Yeah. Well, I, we, yes. Um, also, I thought the butt attachment looked pretty good. Yeah, it looked okay. Yeah, it looked pretty good. I, I mean, like, they also picked a. It's kind of an insane looking thing because you know that's not right. Well, yeah. but I think, but it also kind of harkens to the the like fibrous. Um, sort of chest uh, uh, ligamentous connection that Chang and Eng had. So like, you're, it, it's fine. And there are indeed famous conjoined uh, twins who are connected similarly. I don't think that, I think usually they are, you know, actually are like flush with each other. They don't like have this tube that you can like see and grab and stuff, but. That you can almost, uh, <laughs> that you can almost flip a lady over in a dance situation. So this, this episode, um, 
this episode has a lot of things where I can, it thinks like, you're going to be you just steepled your, so... You just steepled your fingers over your nose. You're like, yeah, yeah. oh, this actually, episode. Actually, no, no, it's actually like, like doing that thing where you painfully kind of rub your eye and you're like, oh, oh here we go. No, this episode... <laughs> likes to show you stuff and then expect you to be surprised later, even though it showed you the thing that gives away the surprise. Like, yeah. we already know these guys are conjoined twins from the, like, intro. But then they play that 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 goofball um, uh, when they're in the car, uh, when they're in the, the like, a Ferrari or something, they're in the sports car, and then they get out and you're supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, they're conjoined. Even though there's no... It's also imp- impossible to conceive of how they're both in the car and how... Eddie and Frank can both work the gas pedals with their legs. They and, have like, a Ferrari that's designed to teach children how to drive. Right. Yeah. It's it's that. Okay. So there's that. Right. Then a driver's the twist, ed Ferrari. What's what's to be confused about? <laughs> then then Marie doesn't realize that these guys who have been physically touching each other the entire time are not in fact connected to each other. That's a little so bit so much so that she almost that she almost uh, goes. Uh, uh, butt right. over tea kettle over there. Right. Basically con- gets co- clotheslined by there. Yeah. Right, right. So there's that. And then at the end for the twist, we see him like sign the doctor's release in blood in his own in his own blood, baby. In the- Marie's blood. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which sure. is dark. Right. But you know, like, and then we're like, oh, really? I don't know. It's just it, it, you're, you keep wanting to be like, right? Yeah. Don't don't give it away, and then be like, are it's- you shocked? It's super. It's it's a very sloppy episode, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I'm glad that you pointed that out. I didn't really like have that. Like, I didn't I didn't connect that. But that is one of the, like the the reasons it's not a satisfying story to watch. They tell you exactly what's going to happen, and then it exactly happens that way. There's no there's no surprise. There's no there's no sh- ch- sh- there's not even really a necessarily a twist because everything. Right. Everything that you think is true is still true. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think the the revelation that Marie was sort of working for Eddie the whole time uh, is mostly. I'm uh, just like, does she really like going to the symphony? Right. Well, okay. And so let, let's 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 talk about that a little bit, right? So, of course, the reveal is that Marie was a is a is a is a working girl who was hired by Eddie to convince Frank that they need to get the surgery to separate them, but there's a 50-50 shot that it won't be success, that they will not survive the surgery, and Frank is, you know, too, doesn't want to go through with it, and so they can't get separated. So she meets uh, she meets the, the boys, she meets the twins, um, before they go and talk to the doctor. So was she being hired then? No, uh, I think that she right, and so them. then what? So okay, right. So, so then Eddie tracks her down somehow. Right, I right. Guess. So Eddie, who is never, who cannot ever not be physically connected to his brother, somehow tracks down a woman that Frank met and liked, um, and finds out that she is a prostitute, um, and and engages her services. Uh, it's just, it's just, it doesn't like. It's one of those twists where, like, oh, it's a twist. Oh, this twist doesn't actually like line up with the narrative at all. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's sort of it's one of those stories. It's unlike Seinfeld, which wouldn't have been a show if cell phones existed. This has been a thing on the Internet for a while, right? Like Uh all the episodes of Seinfeld that just basically get debunked the second that texting is invented. This is an episode that would make a lot more sense if email and texting were a thing. Yes, 100 percent, 100 percent. Because then Um, at least you could understand how this would be coordinated without Frank at least becoming like a little bit wise to what was happening. Well, and also, does does this episode even really need the twist? 
Like, is it? Is, no. Well, they don't really is, do is it, anything. I yeah, like. Right. Is it? Is it made like, more rich by the idea that that Marie is was was you know cynically used to manipulate Frank? Because like Eddie could also. I mean, like it's wouldn't it almost be better if Eddie was just sort of evil and acts crazy and it's like you're the only you know like. All that has to happen is for her to be like, no, Frank, you shouldn't get the surgery. I'll love you like you are. And we will get married. And then like Eddie is just like goes bananas and like kills her. Like, you know, if I can't be happy, you I'll never let you be happy. like that works, too. Instead of it being like the weird like thing where he's like dumb hooker couldn't keep her mouth shut. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I I basically I, I like that that's there because it it subverts expectation. And it also kind of explains what I don't. I like it because it at least explains why she's like hanging out in bed with Frank while Eddie gets whipped by a dominatrix. Like that whole scene is just bananas town. Well, right. And also she knows the dominatrix because the dominatrix is like, Eddie says you're doing a real good job. And like, and and, uh, Marie says something along the lines of like, you know, if we do, if we do this right, we'll never have to work the streets again or something like, like, wait, so. So yeah. how does the So not only is Eddie like having secret conversations with Marie that Frank doesn't know about, he's also talking to the dominatrix and Frank doesn't know about. Yeah, exactly. No, it's weird. Um so like I I kind of like that. I think that's an interesting element in an otherwise pretty pretty sparse story. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't like that she actually like falls for him and and doesn't change her mind about anything you know what i mean like it's just right, weird right. That yeah, she's it's, like, it's completely unnecessary yeah, yeah it's just like a weird betrayal like, um, it might as well in that case she might as well just be kind of like a dopey person who's in who's like who's like right. i'm gonna put up with this even though your brother is like the worst <laughs> literally the worst the worst and will always have to live with us um yeah so i i didn't like that and i super doesn't like that she got murdered as like an inciting incident like, yeah, yeah. like, I'm like, Frank, can't you see that your brother is the is terrible anyway? Like, wh- why? Why did why does he become a literal murderer for you to decide that separation is the right thing for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and-, and and you just I think the real thing is that you just don't. I I personally don't buy Frank's like, I might be lonely. I'm like. I, I just they don't give you enough to they don't give you enough understanding of the nuances of what it must be like to be a conjoined twin yeah. for you no. to feel that or even or even like what you know right like surely there is the lived experience of people who are conjoined twins and yeah. then they're sort of like the Hollywood ex- like it doesn't even give us like the surface level like you know me being like man I wonder what it would be like if Mary and I were tied together you know kind of like a. Uh, a, a, a relatively ignorant surface level take on it. They don't even give us that. Um, it would be, yes, it would be much better if we at least saw that these men have, have a relationship or it's like, it's almost kind of weird that, is it weird that the evil twin is the one that wants to be separated and the good twin doesn't like, I mean, you know, as far as we can tell, like Frank is, is, is much less of a pain in the neck to Eddie as vice versa. And yet they're not, I mean, you know, you, 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 you need like some scene that kind of shows that they kind of take care of each other or like that gives you some some reason why Eddie would be like, no, but Frank, I I do love you. You're my brother. You know, something like that. We don't even have something where Frank is like, I have to be connected to you to make sure you don't get into trouble. I kind of expect right. it for one yeah. of those. Yeah. But like yeah. what what's weird about it is 
To me, it feels like it was written by people who are basically pretending that being conjoined is something that could spontaneously happen to two people. Yes, yes, yes. I wrote this in my notes. These guys act like they haven't spent their entire lives connected to each other. Yeah, like it's like it feels like if you were like, it's the odd couple, but get this, they're conjoined twins. And you're like, if they were conjoined twins, (laughs) they put on these handcuffs and they lost the keys. What are we going to (laughs) do? Exactly. It's like if they were, that was the case, you know, they've. They've never had they've they this has been their reality their whole lives like mm-hmm. like you it, it almost feels like you would have a scene where they would be like wait I got to take a poop in front of you which to a conjoined twin just must not be a big deal right, like, right. it's just mm-hmm. not right um, yes but it, it just it it misses I mean so we've seen I feel like this is like sort of a a culmination of like a a, a, a secret quote unquote freaks trilogy in this yeah. second season where you have ventrilo- like ventriloquist dummy lower birth and then this episode yeah um and i wanted to ask you about like how do you think it compares to those other two? Oh yeah well i mean i think ventriloquist dummy is 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 by far the best the best um Unzipped guts. yeah enjoyable but also i think it, it at least at least for like a certain kind of splattery exploitation horror sort of shows a a situation where twin like the twins are are, are are better together and you despite despite the difficulties are sort of greater than the sum of their parts. Sort of. I mean, you know, right. For various yeah. evil hand monster ventriloquist, uh, you know, uh, confidence tricksters. Um, and then uh, lower birth completely, completely muffs it by like missing out on like what the purpose of showing the deep humanity of so-called freakish people. Um, I think this one tries, try, kind of tries to show that, but really just kind of winds up doing a bunch of like almost like weird broad comedy with it. Like when they're fighting and they're like punching each other and stuff after uh, after uh, Eddie kills uh, Marie. Um, I I for a second thought, wait, wait, hold on. Did Frank just punch Eddie and then like 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 wince like he had been hurt? Um, that, that doesn't happen, but I thought we were going to see like a Tomox and Zaymot, you know, like they're twins. They feel each other's pain kind of moment. Yeah. And I feel like that would be like right on in step with this. Um, it, it has the like morbid fascination that people seem to have with conjoined twins. The whole like, if I drink, he gets drunk, too, yeah, which th- that was a which bad which, which which yeah. for sure is a real thing that can happen, apparently. Uh, but well, yeah, if you share like a bloodstream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know, it. it this one, this one is, 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 is like all surface. Like you can tell when you see their apartment that they want to play with the ideal of dualism and, you know, siblings and they have like black and white towels. They talk about separating the egg whites. Um, you know, there's, I, I think, uh, the, the somewhat baffling final twist, uh, where, um, Eddie sends Frank off. Wait, no, Frank sends Eddie off to, uh, to go to jail, having having had the surgery, that that reveal was pretty effective. Where they pull the beds apart, that that, that, that looked pretty good. But then he, so then he becomes a shitty person, and where he's where he uses the um, Eddie's uh, pickup line. Oh yeah, yeah, Frank uses Eddie's pickup line on the nurse. Like, are, is that to show us that they were like two halves of of one person, and now they're separate and they can like be them be themselves? Or they're, I don't. Know, it's weird, right? Like that doesn't. That's also like a payoff that doesn't really mean anything or doesn't what's that what do you think (laughs) it's just kind of bolted on the end i feel like it just shows how not on on top how not nuanced and on top of the subject matter 
the people who yeah. made this were like because on the one hand it's it's quite you you know it rings so false to see that these people are so different and like and seem like just sort of like they haven't really come to the grips with the fact that they are conjoined which they would have because they're grown-ups and they have been conjoined their whole lives like that's just not that rings so false on the other hand it also feels like exploitive and crummy to decide that like twins are like together one balanced personality because like twins are only really half of people yeah they each it's it's like one soul two bodies yeah so you know you, you might be able to make some sort of argument that maybe this balanced personality thing maybe it's like Frank always had to overcorrect for Eddie right. and Eddie was over over wronging because of Frank and like that's why they were such polar opposites but they don't really there's no payoff there apart right, from right, right. it's like haha they're different but connected like yeah. yes. it, there's not even to me if you really wanted to make a story about conjoined twins that would be interesting it would be to um have a story of what it feels like to be uh, feel isolated from someone that you should have the most in common with like those differences mm-hmm. would be sure, interesting sure. but also dealing with the burden of being treated as if you're one half of the same person and then and extreme like one of the most extreme types of otherness that society can thrust upon you like, oh yeah no no yes there is there is plenty of good humane filmmaking potential in the concept of conjoined twins there's even I think reasonable exploitive horror film potential there yeah i mean like just think, what, it, I, it what i'm here, describing Chief. what i'm describing is dead ringers is what i'm describing yeah yeah so i i realized i was rude what do you think about the little the the, the low-key freaks lowercase freaks uh trilogy that we have here in tftc well it kind of biffs it ultimately because mm-hmm. the whole point of into the ventriloquist dummy thing is that freaks have to hide and that's how they can have good lives right mm-hmm. Sure. And then the things where you have people that absolutely cannot hide, they they don't know really what to do with it. So I think ultimately that means that Tales of the Crypt lands on the on the feeling that being a freak makes you not a person um, or at least a very cartoonish person. And you are there to be like gawked at, which I guess is an exploitive TV show makes sense as a moral, but it's still disappointing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, Ventriloquist Dummies definitely, those guys, those guys are conjoined twins, right? Mm-hmm. But they're, right. like, they're, like, a type of conjoined twin that doesn't exist in real life. Right, yeah, right, yeah. And this one, I think, bothers me even, I mean, Lower Birth just offended me because it was, like, such poor storytelling. Mm-hmm. But, you know, conjoined twins are, like, they're, like, real pe. I mean, <laughs> they're not, right. like... Like right. the 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 def- the freakdom from Lower Birth, like what would that be? I mean, he was like kind of a monster man. Like probably there yeah. are maladies, but it's not based on any sort of genetic disorder that real people have, as far as I know. Yeah, they just kind of yeah, yeah. made like a they just kind of made like a wild character. But like mm-hmm. conjoined twins are real. Are that's a real thing. It's rare, but it's real. Right. So yes. so to ground this one felt very important to me to ground in realism. To, to sell it and actually tell something that was horrifying and enjoyable. And mm-hmm. I, I think it just totally biffs it. So in, in many ways, even though I think Lower Birth is worse storytelling, I didn't like this even more. 
<laughs> I do like <laughs> I like I'm sorry I'm still chewing over what you said about how the the better version of this is Dead Ringers and you're 100% correct I didn't put that together but even like the, the like the scenes where there is the like the dissolute drug using brother and the more up and the more stuck the more yeah. uh upright quieter brother but the way they like take care of each other and the fact that it's kind of like if you're in I'm in you're going to do drugs I'm going to do drugs like mm-hmm. yeah it it totally fits it totally fits in is right Right. Um, and, like, also- and Dead Ringers is about like people who are who are otherized by society because they're they're psychopaths. Right. Mm-hmm. But also and that that makes them othered. But mm-hmm. they also feel isolated. They they recognize they see themselves, obviously, in this mirror image. Right. They're, mm-hmm. they're both played right. by Jeremy yeah. Iams, Irons. So they are absolute identical twins. And <laughs> they um- <laughs> no, Mary, Mary, they're just it's just one guy. It's just one guy. It's one dude. It's it's this. He's he's the same guy both times. But I think it would be very interesting to do um, a story about a conjo- like because because you know conjoined twins must experience loneliness. Everybody does. Oh but sure. It would be interesting to do that and then show like the horror of everyone being like, "It's Mike and Ike. They look alike and they must think alike and they form one whole package of a person, but also experience like loneliness of of." difference of opinion and separation from one's own twin it's interesting that you bring this up because i disappeared down a uh down a initially a wikipedia hole um researching um conjoined twins and if you would you like to indulge my lore-like pretensions here i can i can tell you some blood-curdling information about um conjoined twins yes please okay so um it's an extremely rare condition, anywhere from one out of like every 50,000 to 189,000 births. That variance to me means that probably the numbers aren't real good, um, which means that like I think there are even fewer. Um, many don't survive the first 24 hours. Um, it's actually mostly female, like three to one women hmm. to uh, or ma- female to male. Um, are, and is it more common for there to be female twins as well? Yes, the, the twin the twins are usually ma- are usually female. Interesting. Okay. Oh, 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 you mean in general? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I wonder if it's um, just like one of those things where it's like, you have yeah. to be a twin to be a conjoined twin. And if right. There's more, are, yeah, there are more women twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when you read about it, there's all kinds of funny, not, not really medical literature, but kind of like pop medical literature about it where they talk about separating twins. And sometimes you'll have situations where one twin is, you know, it's full of all kinds of like terrifying medical doublespeak. One twin is more viable or we have to do the separation um, separation to save the life of a designated twin where you have twins that can't or one could live separate from the other. And they decide to, you know, um, uh, various uh, uh, human rights and wellness courts get involved in these cases because sometimes these twins are separated without their parents consent or the parents explicitly say no. And then, uh, th- then then courts get involved to be like, no, but both twins will not survive. So that in and of itself is kind of a chilling and uncomfortable situation. Um, but in general, conjoined twins have a higher than higher uh, quality of life than we generally uh, than, than is generally expected. They, they tend to do OK. Um, but I, I just have a couple of cases to talk about. Uh, Chang and Eng Bunker, of course, Chang and Eng, the the original Siamese twins. Um, they're, they're pretty famous. Um and uh, had a had a pretty good run of it, all things considered. Um, I feel like everything you read about them is like, did you know that they became American citizens and had slaves in the South? <laughs> Which is, you know, not great. But but I think there is something to be said where I think they had a pretty a, a better go of it than a lot of other people did. Um, whether that's their individual personalities or what. Um, some interesting things about them: they were the mo- they are 
among the most medically examined people of the 19th century. We know almost the most about their physiology just from like data and all of these like, you know, got to come in and have a doctor examine them and see what's going on um, of almost anybody. But they never wrote memoirs or anything. Mm. So we don't know very much about their internal life. And that when they died at the age 62, they were the longest lived conjoined twins we knew about until 2012. So prior to this, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. So I want to talk about a couple different other lesser known twins. Daisy and Violet Hilton were born in England. Um, They toured the U.S. in the 1920s. They were joined at the hip and buttock, almost exactly like uh, Eddie and Frank. Um, They were, uh, they were born to an unmarried barmaid and their mother's employer bought them for showbiz purposes and subjected them to uh, sort of like systematic abuse. Um, they were taught to tap dance. They tap danced with Bob Hope in 1926 um, and, when and, and toured around. When their adoptive mother died, they were bequeathed to her daughter and underwent more abuse and were continued to be um, uh, exhibited, right? So they're now, you know, like in their, in their like teen, late teens and 20s. They were taught to play jazz music. Daisy became a violinist. Violet played the saxophone. Um, and in 1931, they sued their managers and were freed. And so they got to be their own people. And they immediately started dressing differently and dyeing their, one mm-hmm. of them dyed their hair to kind of to kind of uh, uh, distinguish themselves. Violet tried to get married to a musician um, and was denied a marriage license in, in 21 states um, because it was seen as people, people and people then and probably even now get all bent out of shape with the kind of uh, how are you going to do it like when you're doing it like what is the what is your sister doing when you're doing it um she's doing she's doing the same thing that every woman does when she's put in a sexual uh sexually inappropriate situation in public which is often she stares off in the middle distance and pretends she's not there probably is what i would guess right yeah, yeah right these so so you know these these women have a interesting story but the reason we're really talking about them is because then Mm. they were in the 1932 film freaks they are the conjoined twins in that that film um in the uh in the 30s and 40s they both married um kind of famous ish uh openly but not openly enough gay actors um (laughs) and uh so they so that was sort of i guess the way around Mm. the sticky bit about being conjoined um and then they were oh, in the exploitation so like film Chained for Life. So like the, uh, so the, um... Right, right, right. Yeah, maybe times change, but yeah, they're like, but I mean, if you guys aren't going to have sex, then we're completely fine with it. <laughs> is this maybe something that's technically still on the books illegal? Yes, it is. But yeah, it's fine. Interesting. Um, but, oh, but anyway, here's the bad part. <laughs> they were abandoned by their tour manager in a drive-in in Charlotte, North Carolina in 1961. They were touring... Uh, you know, exhibiting themselves and they would they would go to double features of the movies they were in and then like do Q&A and mm-hmm. stuff. So they were abandoned in Charlotte. They had no transport, no support, no money. They worked at a grocery store there for the rest of their lives. Oh, my God. Uh, eight years. Wait, what happened to their husbands? In 1969. Why did their husbands come? Yeah. Uh, well, one of them, the marriage got annulled and I don't know what happened to the oh. other one. But like, yeah, they were they were basically completely on their own. Um In 1969, um, Daisy died of the Hong Kong flu, oh. which. I looked it up. Sounds like it should be racist, but was just a a flu epidemic that started in Hong Mm. Kong, Um, but killed like a million people globally. And then Violet died two to four days later. And they were found. They were. It was one of those things where it's like they haven't come into work for a couple times. Go to the house, find them both dead. So that the horror potential there is is like that. That seems like an unbelievably upsetting way, you know, to 
to experience death. Um, and in 1989, they made a musical about their life called 20 Fingers, 20 Toes, which featured lots and lots of made up stuff, um, including like there was a plan to separate them, never was a plan to separate them. So these people who th- th- these women who were abused by those who were supposed to be taking care of them and abused by the world and, you know, when sort you of abandoned abused, by their they, showbiz were they career. Sexually abused? Were they beaten? What, what, what happened? I think I think it's more uh, I think it, my. It didn't I didn't go into too much detail, but I think it's mostly physical abuse. Lots of like beatings and, you know, you say you're locking them in their room Jeez. and stuff like that. But I mean, it's ba- and bad. Th- and now way, we make but- and now we're making now we're ma- now. Now we will tell stories about them that are not strictly speaking true. So we can make like pat things about like, you know, you know, thick or thin. I'm stuck with you, sis. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, this also has the um, something that I think also comes up a lot when you talk about conjoined twins, where they'll be like, you know, Violet's the outgoing one. But Daisy's the shy one. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly the same, which is which which is fine, and I think is good to talk about. But but it, it it gets mentioned in almost all these profiles of 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 conjoined twins, and you're like, yeah, yeah, don't 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 patronize them. Of course, they're not the same. They're not actually the same person. Or what would that look like if um, you printed it the other way? Just as expected, these people are basically <laughs> interchangeable. What does that feel bad? So there is a there are a, there are a pair of conjoined twins who are. 12 or 14 years old in Canada who share some brain matter and they can see out of the, the twin, the both twins can see out of three of their four eyes. Interesting. Which is, which is, and, and and they say that they can um, share sensory data and they can, um, uh, they can control their limbs kind of um, in in a shared fashion, which is fascinating. Um, I didn't want to, not to get too deep into them or anything, but just that there, there is there is some pretty fascinating uh, stuff there. Uh, I want to tell you the worst story I found, and then we can uh, hopefully maybe get a little bit lighter. So if you thought that their life was a little bit sad. Daisy and Violet. Um, let me tell you. Yes. Let me tell you about Masha and Dasha. Uh, Kri- Hold on. Andrew, help me out here. <laughs> Krivash Lyapova. These were conjoined twins who were born in 1950 in Moscow. They were delivered. Um, their mother was not showed the baby. She was told that the baby was a mutant that was joined at the abdomen at 180 degrees. Um, they ha- they had three legs, um, uh, sort of one at each end and then kind of one in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this time, um, all over the world, but especially in the Soviet Union, there was a lot of interest in genetics and uh, uh, studying um, uh, information sharing and stuff like that. So they were kind of on the lookout for conjoined twins. And they told them uh, the mother was informed that, you know, these 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 children would never be able to live independently. They would become wards of the state and they would take care of them. All she had to do is basically sign over all rights to these kids. And she wanted to be involved in taking care of her kids. So there was a little bit of a standoff. But then somebody figured out they just told her that her kids died (gasps) and and medically kidnapped them. So for the next six years of their life, they were kept in various institutes and basically medically tortured. They would do things like uh, electrocute one sister and see what happened to the other, uh. or, or electrocute one sister, see what happened to the other one. Or like, if we cool this one down, what happens to the body temperature of the other one? Or if we sample their gastric juices, because I think they shared a stomach, like, what does that look like? But tubes and hoses and like, like terrible things happen to them. Um, somewhere in here, they amputated their third leg to try and make them, uh, make them look less, less unusual. Um, Anyway, 1956 rolls around, and finally they were taught to walk, and it was decided they would be educated. Ugh. How old so are they at this for point? the next eight years? Six. Ugh. So, <laughs> so for the next eight years, they were kind of hidden away in some sort of like uh, 
orthopedic rehab hospital sort of thing. Um, the Dasha, the sister, was shy and um, was more submissive, whereas Masha was the more dominant personality. Um, Dasha developed some sort of like romantic connection to another uh, to uh, to a boy that was in their institution with them, which Masha put the kibosh on. Um, Dasha then attempted to commit suicide at age 18 um, and was unsuccessful. Um, they were then kind of uh, processed as the lowest level disabled in the Soviet state. Um, they had no right to work or have independence. And they lived in like some kind of dire, you know, uh, very, very bare bones kind of like a uh, slum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, sort of. Okay. Um, and in 1985, they reconnected with their mother um, for about four years oh. um, until Masha <laughs> breaks off contact with her um, and, and didn't get along. It sounds like Masha was kind of miserable. She was apparently both emotionally and physically abusive towards her her twin. Um, then when Glasnost comes through in the in the in, in the later 80s. Um, they were able to they were able to like appear on television and stuff and request better living conditions and it was successful they they, they moved them to a nicer place they got like a TV and an Atari and and th things were better for them um, around this time they became alcoholics um, only Dasha could actually drink alcohol because Masha apparently had some sort of gag swallowing difficulty um, but they could both get drunk they did, then did multiple rounds of unsuccessful uh, quack sort of uh, uh, alcoholism cures, you know, hypnotism and like putting little capsules in their skin that would make them throw up if they drank too much, all this kind of oh stuff. Oh, gosh. And Wait, why did they, they befriended do so, a, so that they wouldn't, so that they're, to like try to cure yeah, their Yeah, so to try and clear their alcohol. Got it. Yeah. Then they befriended the British, a British journalist named Juliet Butler, who did a lot of good work for them and helped them write their autobiography and made, made, made some documentaries about them. Um, and in 2003, um, they died. Masha, the, 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 the mean sibling, died first. And then Dasha died about 17 hours later, they think, from blood poisoning from the toxic byproducts of Masha's decomposing body. Oof. So, so not, not, not great. Um, they, I, think, I think that we like that their story gets told a lot because it tells lots of things we like to, like lots of pat things about. Uh, the totalitarian Soviet state and lying and secrecy um, in contrast to um, the uh, conjoined twins that like P.T. Barnum would, would, would kind of uh, trot around. These, 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 these women were hidden away and sort of seen as being sort of oddities, maybe a little bit shameful, which is, which is a distinction difference. Also, they get, this gets all tied up with the, all the Lyshenko uh, um, uh, wrong genetics that, that, that were popular in the fifties in the Soviet union. So there's some of that, but I think that we like, so anyway, I think there's a lot of smugness and we can, and this story is told because we maybe it, it's, it tells things that we like to think are true at the same time. Um, I, I think that it speaks more broadly to the fact that uh, when you talk about Masha and Dasha and Daisy and Violet, uh, no, these people, no, nobody is, or, in these cases, nobody cared for them. They were basically on. They were basically left to their own devices and had relatively bleak lives. Um, well, they basically. Result. I mean, they both mean were and, slaves. I mean, Daisy and Violet yeah, were right. literally yes. in different sold, ways. Yeah, and uh, yes. and uh, Masha and Dasha were kidnapped, and they were used mm. to advance the careers and earning power of the people who owned them. Yes. Like that's horrible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not to say that. And you know, this doesn't mean I'm not. I wouldn't paint them as being like, and no, their life is misery. But like, obviously, these are people who have the capacity to experience joy and hope and all this kind of stuff. But they get they get a raw deal. Yeah. 
Of course. But anyway, so look, so so you think about that, and then you're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of horror potential there. Nah, let's just do hacky jokes about like what happens when your brother likes having kinky sex. So this actually brings me delightfully into my ambush, actually. <laughs> Uh-huh, sure. So do you think so? I feel like there are kind of two different stories that we tell about conjoined twins. And one of them is for comedy purposes. And that's what we have mm-hmm. here, where we have sort of like a mega hammy look about how like annoying other people are. And like, can you imagine mm-hmm. if you were connected to another person, they would annoy you so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about the bathroom? Yeah, totally. Like things that things that, you know, must people must ask conjoined twins all the time because we have the luxury of not being connected to another person. But if you didn't have that luxury, sure. you would just get over, right? Like, sure. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that it's like I'm sure that like for um for Daisy and Violet, they were like, sex is not that big of a deal because I have watched my my sister deal with her privates her entire life. Right, right. This right. is yeah. just you a don't... normal extension of that. Like it's it's okay, <laughs> you know. Like it's not a big deal. Sure. Sure. Same thing where it'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, the, you have the same feelings about this that you, you would have about like, well, what about families that slept all in the same room or the same bed, but they had like twelve kids? You're like, yeah, people were aware that their parents <laughs> were having sex. Like that's how it worked. <laughs> like just. Think about it even a little yeah. bit. Like it was just normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, that's a diatribe. So that you got that kind of story where it's like hammy, like stuck in the middle with you. It's you and me, buddy. Mm, yeah, and yeah. then you also have um, like a simpering tone, at, like TLC biopic of like real conjoined twins, and it's. Right. It's basically just like a concealed trip to the people zoo. Like, take a really yeah, good. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Right, where they're like, yes, where they're like, yes. They're like, look, I remember. We're gonna pre- we're gonna pretend that this is for informational purposes, but let's get it in. It's it's. I feel like it's the same way they do they do the same thing with polygamists. Yeah, totally. It's exactly the same thing. It's like let's take a trip to the people zoo. Let's look at people who are different from us and really gawk at. No, their this lives. is for learning. Yeah. Get the camera. In exactly. Here. Yeah. I remember there were was a pair of uh, conjoined sisters uh, when I was a kid that they were the first uh, conjoined people that I was aware of. Um, they must have kind mm-hmm. of like done like the tabloid circuit. Uh, around the time I was like five, I would say. And I remember seeing like pictures of them in uh, like on magazines at the grocery store and our mother like explained to me about conjoined twins and like learning about them. And I remember one thing was like, um, it's it's so amazing. So these two, these uh, girls were kind of like um, uh, Daisy and Violet in that they were connected to the hip. But I think that they, mm-hmm. I think that they were also connected in the torso. I think they only had, each had one control of one arm. And mm, sure. they talk about how it's like it's amazing to watch them play. One girl ho- holds her, like you know the plastic horse, and the other one combs its mane and tail. Like ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. cooperation, yeah. girls with two heads. Mm-hmm. Like you're like yeah, 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 like they've they learned how to play. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. they have to. Right. Yes. Right. Like yeah. One is more quiet. The other one likes to talk more. I'm sure that there was stuff in there about that as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. One's sure, favorite yeah. color is blue. The other one's favorite color is purple. Wow! As it turns out, not exactly the same. Or actually, something else I saw when you read some of this is that they'll they'll take these conjoined they'll have conjoined twins when in when interviewed by the media and stuff. They'll be like, you know, 
you know, you know, Susan wants to be an astronaut, but Stacy wants to be a journalist. Hope they work that one out. Oh, oops, like, Daisy. Yeah. So yeah, like, uh oh, they don't want to do the same thing, but they don't know. So which ones? I feel like also which one's they, worse. Which ones were? Ah, I think that. I think that the um, I think playing it just for laughs ultimately probably is the mo- is more harmful because it sort of others them um, completely. You know, it's sort of like They're like like it's like a made up problem. Narrative. Yeah. Right. Whereas the other one has, whereas the sort of like concern troll porn sort of thing, at least has the opportunity to at least show, show humanity of, uh, you know, show the humanity of, um, of the individuals. Um, it, it's not great. I mean, even, even maybe my recounting of the sort of, uh, lives of these people has some of that, right? Like we'll find stories about people who didn't do great and just talk about what happened to them. Um, uh, you know, pretending we're sharing, we're going to spread awareness, you know, but, I think that um, uh, I, do I, but I don't, but I, like, do I think that this uh, this episode is? You know, I think this episode is sort of hacky and poor, but I don't think that it's. I don't know that I think it's like you know socially indefensible or completely you know just spreading a bunch of harmful lies. It's just it's just dumb, and uh, I think doesn't uh, doesn't do what it could with its material. Mm-hmm. What, you, you, you know what I mean? Like I don't. Well, pleasingly enough, I disagree <sighs> with you. I think that the TLC yeah. biopics are worse because yeah. I think that it like the true nightmarish situation that I can see from this is to have is to have people see the way that have you have just naturally just like been a, you've naturally come to live your life. You have naturally come to live your life so that you hold the horse and your sister combs that combs its mane and tail. And then sometimes you do the other thing. And then you swap off, right? Like, that's just natural. That's how you're normally living your life. And watch people basically, like, gawk and, and, and be made a spectacle of and gawk at at these, these little moments of humanity as if they are freakish and weird. I think that, that's, that that is actually, I think, the nightmare situation of this. I mean, of course, we have been really bad historically to um, people who are, uh, who are very physically other, which conjoined twins, I would agree, I would say, or fall into that category. Yes. Uh, yes. Right? Certainly. And, and even not even that physically other, a.k.a. people of different races <laughs> from us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... To to have to to have to kind of be there and be like I'm a normal person, but know that the ultimate draw is that it's like a freak show and have not mm-hmm. the honesty of being like people are just coming here to gawk at you. I think is worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's tough. It's a hard situation. I mean, I think about. Do you remember we 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 maybe alluded to earlier in the episode, or maybe it'll get cut off, and then this won't make any sense. But uh, but to the American Horror Story, remember the freak mm-hmm. show was at the fourth season, the one after the witches, yep. right? Um, and some uh, it was controversial, uh, like low key at the time, that some of the quote unquote freaks were played by pe- by a- people with actual um, uh, physical differences, and then other ones were were just actors with Prosthetic, makeup and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. right? And you know, on the one hand, like so, you know. I, yeah, there was all kinds of talk. Is is this good and empowering? Is this bad? Is this? Um, it, it's it's like a lo- like a not lower, not higher, just different stakes version of um, all the hoopla with transparent, where you know which actor, which which people portraying trans people are legit are trans in real life as opposed to an, you know an actor putting on an actor acting, um, and but 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 unlike that uh, with. I think that the idea of a freak show is ultimately uh, 
and, and expl- by its nature kind of exploitive. Um, uh, so I, I don't know, you know, are, is it, is, is, is it good that, that the, con- is it good if for conjoined twins in your show to be played by real conjoined twins or to be an actor? I don't know. It's, it's tricky because probably you're not coming in with the best of intentions, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. I agree. I mean, like the, the gold standard for this is probably like, uh, is freaks, right? Like that's like, that's mm-hmm. the thing sure. where people sure. that cite, like, this is the, this is the best way to portray people. Um, the other thing I can think of that has, that utilized a bunch of, uh, uh, d- differently abled, um, uh, <laughs> actors is, uh, the horror movie, the Sentinel, which I'm very fond of, where basically, um, basically they, a, a lot of it's prosthetics, but they hired a bunch of people who had unusual abnormalities, right. And uh-huh. then made them into this sort of like Hieronymus Bosch, uh, mm-hmm. like hell, like hellscape kind of thing. And, and I think that's okay too. I don't know. Like, sure, sure. right, yeah, uh, where it's just, it, at that point, you're basically just a model, at the, you know, so. Right. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, and I, the, the real thing is that historically, because of um, disability associated with the the uh, physical differences, uh, pe- these the, uh, people in these situations, conjoined twins or, you know, whatever, the sort of freak show, quote unquote, uh, people tend to be taken advantage of because they, they have no external means of support. And, yes. uh and, you know, and are treat like it almost it seems so frankly treated as if they're subhuman, but not in like a not in like a systematic racist way, just because, you know, you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost, you know, there's it's the, there's not like ideology. It's just kind of like, well, I mean, what else are they going to do? How can they, we're going to do this because we can. Uh, yeah. This person has so no arms that, or legs like they can't they can't work a job. And you're right. like, they absolutely can. I mean, right, like. Right. Well, and 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 surely, surely the lot is the, their lot is better now, although I don't with have technology, you would that. think. So, right. Yeah. Right. That you would you, certainly uh, you should craft a humane society that allows them to celebrate their differences and also um, be treated fairly and without abuse by by everyone. Um, if that involves like being present at Ripley's Believe It or Not openings or, you know, going on TV, if that's if that's what you want and you and it's not some, and it's not the only option for you, you know, of course, more power to you. Um, the, 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 the thing is just that historically uh, the, uh, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty um, rough hand to be dealt. I also wonder if the bar of of quote unquote freakdom has actually been sort of lowered in many ways. I'm considering yeah. John and Kate plus eight. That's another show <laughs> that like definitely yeah, yeah. traded on this idea. They bringing you bringing up sister wives is what triggered this for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. That's definitely a show where like definitely in the past, if like a person had eight children at all all at once, which they wouldn't, because right, that's that's the right. And wait, and John K. Bell, did they have? Did they have like? Did they have sex tuplets and twins? Yeah, or, like, five they kids didn't have eight or once. something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's some kind yeah, yeah. of it wasn't think, yeah. like Octomob right. and things like that. People having an, sure, an sure. unbelievable amount of children all at once um right that that that's also like if that happened in the past it wouldn't because that's a lot of fertility treatments that's why that happened right right, right. yeah it wouldn't happen but if it did but happen, if it did sure. happen but even like probably even like uh triplets or quintuplets was was a wild thing in the past too that for all those children to survive um we also like to gawk at that so it's kind of funny i feel like the simultaneously we you would think that people who um the technology must be helping people who have 
physical abnormalities, but then just like people who are in kind of odd or unusual situations are now given given platforms to talk about those odd and unusual mm-hmm. situations in a way that they can render themselves freakish. Yeah, I, although although but maybe that's uh, maybe that's good. Um or at least it means that the people who want to display themselves or yeah. the people who want who who want this this level of fame can have it. Yeah. Um but also it doesn't have to be. It's that it's not it it's not something like you're an octobomb. Your only recourse is to go on television. <laughs> I'm just imagining that's true. Definitely, like octobomb in theory would be able. I mean, although eight kids take care of us a lot. Um, right, you're right. It's yeah, a lot it's of, rough. It's rough. That's rough. But, but um, but I'm just imagining how rough do you think it would be to be one of those kids like starting freshman year oh. of college? No, no, and yeah, have, of course. And have that, everyone that's the be thing, like, right? I feel like I should know who you are. You're very familiar to me. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. The kids, right? Because you don't feel sorry for for is it John and Kate? You know, no. Uh, you don't really feel sorry for them. No. Um but they're kids. But also, you know, like like all dumb faddish stuff, it sort of has passed on. I mean, you know, I can't name I I, I can't name any of their kids. So hopefully, their kids will be afforded some level of um, anonymity. Um, yeah. That they that it should should they should they want that? Yeah. I, I think that they have, I can't remember their last name, but they have a somewhat unusual nas- last name, if I recall correctly. I'm just imagining, like, that would be the worst, like, freshman oh, year yeah. or, like, yes. job application. And if people would be like, yeah. wait, are you? <laughs> <laughs> wait, what's what's all these TV credits on your CD? Interesting. Well, you're not that person, are you? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know. My my ambush is much much less interesting than yours. My my ambush we kind of talked about. It's basically just like, is this episode fixable? And uh, I mean, maybe, but I think it would have to change so much that uh, it would just be a different yeah. movie, and that movie would be Dead, Dead Ringers. So, correct. <laughs> so so no, not correct. so no, not really. Yes, I think that they. I think I also wonder if it was one of those things where they were. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they overcorrected, and were like, we're gonna make a story about conjoined twins, but we can't. We can't make it too much, like too much horrific or too much, you know, like if you if you just made the sto- like a biopic of like Daisy and Violet's life, that would be much more horrifying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> but, um, you know, like so they were like, we can't make it like too sad, but also at the same time, we can't we're not we're not, you know. This has to be. This has to actually be weird. So we got to have some sort of element here. I wonder if they were trying to strike some sort of. Um, at yeah, the time, of... PC is not quite the word, but like palatable balance, and they ended up with this this weird mishmash of things. I mean, maybe yeah. It, it, it does also kind of feel bad that that ultimately it's kind of like it's a horror story. Could join twins. What could be more horrible and exploitive than you know? You're kind of like I mean, a, a, a lot of things. Like there is perhaps unique horror potential in conjoined twins, but we're not really going to explore that or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's like a death of imagination to make it merely like a people are annoying. It'd be annoying right. to be connected to <laughs> so another annoying. person. What if your crappy drunk brother never went away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want to you want to go ahead and rate it, ladies first, or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go. I mean, it wasn't unwatchable, um, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, holy Moses, does this stink? So, I I gave it one and a half out of five uh, double barreled toilets. <laughs> 
Wait, hold on. So, so, so it's a one, one and a half barrel. So is toilet. it one? So is it? Is it so is that three toilets or is one of them? It's sort of like, it's sort of like if you, <laughs> it's sort of like. No, so is a double barrel toilet, is that two bowls and then you have like a half, so you have like an extra, a side bowl? Well, it, it would be, no, I think that it's, I think that each barrel counts, like a double barreled <laughs> shotgun is not like, well, shotguns yeah. come with two barrels, so it's four barrels. Well, no, okay, right. But if you said, if you said, I'm going to point two double barreled shotguns at that's you, that's four, four barrels. That's true. Um, no, I think... Is this like a toilet and bidet situation? I'm going to now horrify people by being like, a bidet is basically a half toilet. <laughs> you can piss people down a be like, bidet. No. Um, <laughs> like, like, don't let that guy stay in our hotel. For real. Um, that's not a, that's not a, a piece of plumbing you want to have a, an accident around. <laughs> Those are actually quite different. Yeah. No, so no, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, I'm kind of imagining it's like a regular toilet, <laughs> regular toilet with something that looks like a... Like a um, a milk jug that's been su- the top's been sort of just kind of bolted onto the side, and it's like it's a little urinal, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a bedpan yeah. <laughs> attached to, to an actual toilet. It's free your pee, free your pee. Yeah. yeah. So this one, I, uh, I think I've watched it as many times uh, prepping for this episode as I care to for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll give this one one out of five shared blood supplies. Oh, nice. I um, I would like this a lot more if it just leaned in either direction. If it were literally just like <laughs> Frasier attached to Martin, I would have enjoyed that more. Yeah. It, yes, it could. Yeah, it could be either be. Yes, it could be either goofier or more serious. And the balance they strike is kind of kind of weird yeah. and off putting. Yep. I agree, 100%. We didn't even talk about the weird jockey sex. Jockey sex? Oh, they're not When the having- dominatrix is whipping him. I know, I know, but like, but she's whipping him like she's a jockey on a oh, horse. Oh, I thought he said jockey, he said jockey sex because he was wearing full-on underpants the whole time. <laughs> well, you know, you'd think they would have like a curtain situation or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Here, you want to tuck this in here at the end? You're something funny. I was talking to mom the other day. I think our, you know, one of our six fans or whatever. And um, mom said, I listened to that episode you did about the brave little toaster. I'm not sure I want to see that movie now. Correct. That's the correct <laughs> thing to pull funny because forth. Because you wonder how people enjoy it. Do people watch, do you watch the, do you watch the episode and then you listen to the show? Do you listen to the show and then you decide if you want to watch the episode? Uh, it's just, you, just interesting. Do you dig um, through and find the episodes that you actually remember and listen to those? Right, yeah. right, 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 right. But, but our mother, I think, just listens to him and then I was like, do I want to see this? No, I don't. <laughs> I know that that's how she listens to it. I know that for sure. Mom, don't watch this episode. Not because it's gross, but also because or it's explicit. gross. explicit. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. It's also that. Psychically gross. Yeah. Well, next time, creepers, we wrap up season two with the blood chilling tale of an exploited orphan and a rich couple with a taste for the macabre in episode 18 of season two, The Secret. Bum, bum, bum. This is, a, this is quite a quite an occasion wrapping up season two. That's right. Ooh. Only got five more to go. Right. Yeah. Well, and also, I think season two, I might be wrong, but I it's think season longest. two is the longest by like an episode or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It, it's, it's slowly not like, it's it, it ramps up sharply and then slowly becomes less and less episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to Crypt Keepers. I'm getting real folksy at the end. Um, please check us out on any of the pod catchers that you use. Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. We like it all. Podbean. Yeah. Or what other? What other? Pod. What are other obscure ones? Pod freaks. <laughs> My annoying pod brother. 
My brother likes. I think that is just kind of my brother, my brother and me. Pods my brother likes. Sounds like it would be a blog or like some novelty Twitter account. Yeah. Like somebody whose brother is like way into like like Joe Rogan. That's <laughs> just like stuff about your like weird like juiced up bro. Now imagine like, if you could never like crushing monster. Now imagine if you could never get away from him because you were connected by the butt. Um, <laughs> what if you were connected to a classic hot couch dumb guy? <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrible. That would be pretty bad. That'd be pretty bad. But you would be so used to it by the time it happened, you wouldn't even notice. We're wonderfully yeah, adaptable creatures. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't even know what it would be like to have a man not wearing a flat brim cap attached to you. You would get so used to getting slightly cut on the leg by a by a samurai sword. You're swinging around <laughs> like crazy. Um, but anyway... On your pod catcher of choice, if there is an opportunity to uh, leave us a review or rate us or just subscribe so you always, you'll always you never miss an episode, that'd be super cool. Do that. Do those things, any one of those three things or all three of those things, ideally. Um, and we also have a website. You can visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt dash creepers, as well as uh, we're on Twitter at cryptsibs um, or or uh, Instagram at crypt uh, underscore creepers. Till next time, kitties. You might be worried that Frank might be lonely without Eddie, but don't worry. I'm sure they'll meet each other when they've both crossed over to the brother side. Outrageous.